We have Aiden, who's 13 years old. Thanks for joining us, Aiden. And your dad, Chris, is here too. Uh, good morning, you guys. This is an early start for you. Thanks for being here. <laughs> no problem. Glad to do it. So, Aiden, you uh, tell us a bit about your experience. You went through the, the story quite a few years ago, though, right? Yep. So tell us yep. what happened with you. Well, when I was seven months old, I went to the Stollery for a surgery to repair a condition in my heart that left a bit of, that left a small hole between the left and right ventricles, which okay. was combining the blood a bit and making it not so fully ox but purple par purple and partly oxygenated. So that happened when you were seven months old. I imagine that yep. wasn't the end of your experience with the Stollery, though, right? Uh, no. A few weeks later, I went in for a checkup, and everything was good. And then I went in for another one eight months later, and the same result. And I've been continuing to go to the Stollery for a yearly checkup every year. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. So it's kind of become this is kind of a familiar environment for you here. Yeah. This is like your old hat at this now, Chris. I can only imagine. You know, you have a seven-month-old baby, and you're bringing him to the stall. I mean, what's going through your head as a parent at that moment? Yeah, it was a. It was the end of a. Well, the midpoint in a long process for us, because <clears throat> we had, um, when he was one week old, he had been diagnosed with a heart murmur, okay. uh, which at that point could be any number of things. Um, when he was one month old, uh, we had our first actual clinic appointment with the, the Stollery uh, Pediatric Cardiology Department. Uh, at which time, you know, they run him through the battery test, the echocardiograms, yep. um, and all those. At that time, they diagnosed him uh, with a condition that they called tetralogy of Fallot. Um, he had three of the four conditions um, that usually come with that, including, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the VSD, the hole between the ventricles, as well as uh, thickening of the muscle around the right side of the heart. And, and some muscle thickening around the pulmonary valve, which can cause, cause numerous problems, obviously. Um, so they had slated him for surgery right away, or they knew that he would need a repair um, able, you know, to have a normal life. Um, so it became a, a monthly trip um, to the Stollery um, cardiology clinic appointments uh, because he was actually doing okay uh, as an infant. Um, he was gaining weight. Um, he wasn't experiencing you know, what they would call tet spells, um, which is not quite heart failure, but almost heart failure. Okay. Um, um, which would be categorized by, you know, bluing of the blood, basically, uh, that you can see through the skin. Uh, so he was doing okay for the first few months. So the cardiologists were keeping an eye on him, uh, making sure he was gaining weight, uh, that kind of thing, because if they could wait for a few months to do surgery, then they would. Uh, so, yeah, so they did eventually um, schedule him for surgery uh, just after Christmas uh, that year. And that was, um, at, that was at how old? Um, so he was seven, just past seven months uh, when he actually ended up uh, having a surgery. Um, so it's it's definitely stressful times. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, your no seven-month-old little baby being handed over for surgery. And, I mean, the Stoller is no stranger. They do 33 surgeries a day. So, I mean, they know what they're doing. But what what would you have done if, if you hadn't had access to the Stoller? I mean, what would your options have even been? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the great benefit for us, I mean, us being local to the Edmonton area, yeah. to have the facility um, within, you know, a short driving distance is, you know, is a great benefit to us being local. Um, you know, those people, you know, farther away from, you know, from the salary have to do all those same things yeah. with travel. Um, you know, every clinic appointment, uh, all things like that can involve, you know, plane rides even in, in many cases yeah. uh, from the north. So great benefit for us, to, you know, to have the facility, um, you know, right in our backyard. I can't imagine as a, as a parent delivering a seven-month-old to have heart surgery. Yeah, but, no. I mean, as hard as it is on, on Aiden, it's got to be just as hard on his parents. What does the stallery do to help you guys through that? Yeah, and it's some of the great things that the that the foundation itself does. Yeah. Um, you know, they do a lot of work around quality of life. Right. You know, supporting the families, you know, through these processes uh, in the hospital, outside of the hospital. Um, they really make it a lot, you know, easier with a lot of the programming they run to help you out. Um, you know, some of it's informational, educational, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a lot of support that they that they offer. Um, you know, helps a lot because it is, you know, it is a difficult process, yeah, you know, sure. um, the double whammy, you know, for us was, you know, he was scheduled just after Christmas. Um, so you're going through, you know, baby's first Christmas is preparing for open heart surgery. Um, you know, in the few days, you know, after the holidays, you know, you do all your preparations, your pre-admission clinic appointments. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to be extra careful that nobody in the house got sick. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, with cold and flus, yeah. uh, would push off surgery dates. Um, yeah, and, it, you know, it's in a very it's a very emotional time, especially when you know this surgery is coming. This wasn't an, you know, it wasn't an emergency. All of a sudden, we have no time to think about it. This yeah, is happening. Yeah. It was a, we know this is coming. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a different process to prepare yourself. And, you know, your, your surgery morning, you know, is that much more emotional as yeah. well. Yeah. Because yeah. here you have your, you know, six, seven-month-old infant, um, you know, on an IV drip, um, you know, anesthetic. You know that, uh, and you're helpless. There's nothing you can do. It. Yeah, it's a, it's another it's an early morning start. Um, you know, into admission, uh, and you kind of you know we would, so basically we held him as he would kind of went off to sleep. Yeah, and you hand him to the nurses in the waiting room, and and then you wait. A lot yeah. of trust goes into handing him over at that at that age, and for such a a, a complicated surgery. I mean, that you have to really be, you know, knowing that you're giving him over to really capable yeah, hands. And, yeah. and I think we all know that the specialists at the Stoller are those people, right? So at least they create that kind of environment where you feel like you're giving him to the best possible care, which is which is something, I mean, so, so comforting in such a situation of so much chaos and stress. And I mean, I can only imagine what that would feel like. Yeah, you, you try to come into it with as much confidence yeah. as you can. And, you know, and that's what they do here. Uh, you know, you have... You know, being in a world-class facility gives you that confidence that when you literally hand over your sleeping infant um, for open-heart surgery, that five hours later you expect to see them again. Yeah, yeah. And making a recovery, and then and yeah. then on the steps to recovery, which is I think kind of where you're at right now. Aiden. So you're still you said you still come back once a year. Yep. So what's that like when you come back? Uh, we pretty much just head upstairs and. Get, do a few tests, and I usually get a Holter monitor to wear for a t- 
24-hour span. Okay. That checks my heart rate because a few years ago when I had a checkup, the doctor noticed that I had a little extra beat in it, in a in the rhythm, and I was asked to wear a heart monitor to check the frequency of how often it happened. And when we came back the next day, it was all good, and I've been continuing to do it for the last couple of years, and it's all been pretty good so far. Awesome. Oh, that's great. So what's life like for you now? You're, you're active, you're, you're a big skier? Yep. I ski for Sunridge Ski Team, and I am in my U14 age group. Good for you. So it's not holding you back in any way now? Everything's 100% normal for you, and you're living life to the fullest, huh? Yep. Nothing going on that can prevent me from doing anything. Fantastic. Awesome. What's the long-term prognosis? That is this something that's in the rearview mirror now? and something you don't have to worry about anymore? Uh, it should be. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of cases with his diagnosis, they will need valve replacements. Okay. Um, you know, when they get into their late teens, early twenties, that's common. Okay. Um, now his doctors don't believe he's going to need that. Um, just because as part of the repair, well, as part of the um, congenital defect and part of the repair can cause some damage to the pulmonary valve. Um, so they like the look of his. Um, so he, we don't believe that he's going to need uh, any more surgeries. Um, but as mentioned, you know, they bring him back annually yeah. uh, for checkups. You know, a few years ago, as Aiden mentioned, they had identified a bit of an arrhythmia uh, with him, which can be caused by scar tissue in the heart. Of course, the heart is not designed to have surgery done to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, scar tissue that can build up, you know, from incisions, you know, especially in adolescence as they're growing, um, can impact some of the nerve impulses. So, uh, so he did develop a bit of an arrhythmia for a few years, but they're not, uh, it's actually improved. Uh, in the last, his last clinic appointment, they were actually happier with his, uh, with, with his rhythm, but they had, uh, you know, in the past done stress tests. Um, that kind of thing. Um, have them run on the treadmill under, uh, you know, the same stress tests that uh, you know that adults would get, you know, as well. So, uh, you know, they're so they're you know fairly happy with his rhythm actually under stress. So that allows them to, you know, to live that normal life. Um, you know, be a ski racer, do his dryland training. Um, you know, no reason to to hold back. You know, does he does he live with a slightly higher risk? You know, than the rest of us. Um, yes, he does. Um, you know, but you know, under doctor's advice, it's you know not something to hold him back. That's fantastic. I think wow. something that you you know, you, you kind of take for granted is the ongoing care and the yeah. ongoing yeah. treatment, right? Because you, you you wouldn't think that you'd think that he goes in for this surgery, he gets it done, and then the process is finished. But no, I mean, as you mentioned, the scar tissue might develop, and there might be things that need to get monitored and looked at long term. So thank goodness this facility is here for that reason. Also, seven eight zero four zero seven kids is the number to call. Yep. Text the word Stoller to four five six seven eight. Easy to make a donation to help support kids like Aiden and for their first treatment or ongoing. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's a lifelong process in a lot of these cases. And you can also just go online if you want to. StollaryKids.com. Do I have that right? You do. Yep. StollaryKids.com. You can just go online to make a donation that way. Um, and as we said, uh, we've got some guys down here working the phone bank right now. And I see a couple of them uh, are idle. They so could they would, be busier. They could take your call at they 407. Could be busier. 
kids. That's right. If you'd like to make a donation. And uh, Aiden and Chris, thank you guys so much for coming down this morning. It's just fantastic. I'm glad to see you doing so well. Yep. Good luck with your ski racing career. Thank you very much. Very cool, yeah, ski race. When do you have your next race coming up? Uh, I believe it is in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, the end of February, third week of February. Yep. Third week of February. What do you do, like slalom? Just <laughs> uh, Slalom, GS, and a bit of Super G. Holy oh cow. <laughs> I feel like Aiden has been someone that's like like scared you right from birth, right, with the <laughs> surgery, and now he's racing down a ski hill. Like, man, oh, man, what a sense of adventure. Good for you, man. Thank you. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.